you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I got baptized up here when I opened my water bottle. So they got me a better water bottle. I don't know if they're sending messages. Maybe Fiji is the next destination, Annette, that we need to plan to travel to. Maybe they're sending a message. I'm just glad they didn't get smart water and they were sending a message. Isaiah chapter 12, verse number 2. Behold, God is my salvation. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, everybody say with joy. With joy shall ye draw water out of the well. Of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. The 
Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10, the very last phrase of that verse I draw from this morning to conclude the reading that I'm going to read before I preach this message this morning. And that last stanza of the 10th verse of Nehemiah chapter 8, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach for a little bit this morning on the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Father, we need your help this morning to speak what you have laid upon my heart. Lord, I pray that your word reaches into our heart this morning, that it inspires joy in every one of us today. Lord, that we receive from your word, and God, that we grow, and let the fruit of the Spirit multiply in us, we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. The joy of the Lord. First, let me say that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It is not an optional activity, nor is joy an emotion. We often mention joy and think of it as happiness, but joy and happiness are two different things altogether. Happiness is a result of happenings. Happiness is a feeling or an emotion that overcomes us. Joy is not a feeling nor an emotion. Joy is, is something that is much deeper. We're going to discover joy this morning and the joy of the Lord. Many equate joy with laughter, but truly more happiness would be equated with laughter. Nothing wrong with laughter along with joy, but joy is something that goes much deeper than the events that are happening in our lives. Have you ever tried to explain the joy of the Lord? I, I suppose I've attempted at a time or two to try to describe what does the joy of the Lord look like, feel like? How do you describe it? Can you use words to put an image in someone's mind about what the joy of the Lord actually is? To someone that's never experienced God's unspeakable joy, they would misunderstand it completely and say, well, obviously it is connected with some thrill or some emotion that would bring laughter and happiness into my life. But in all reality, joy is something that is very difficult to explain. Perhaps it would be appropriate this morning for me in the onset of this message to say that joy may clearly be unexplainable. While I'm going to do my best this morning in English language to try to translate to you what the real meaning of joy is and how important it is. Joy is something much like any of the other fruit of the Spirit 
that must be developed in our lives. If joy didn't have to be developed, there would be no reason for me to take the time and your time today to teach or preach on the idea of the joy of the Lord. Because if it was just based on happiness, we would just do some fun stuff and get you to laugh and call it joy. We could have a meeting that we brought in a comedian and he could come in and do some things I can't even juggle and I tell people all the time I'm far from funny. I tried to be funny a few times and failed at it miserably. I decided it was better just to be me. When I'm funny, I just accidentally bump into it. But you don't have to have a comedy show or a thrilling routine that causes smiling on your face and laughter to to find joy. But joy is something that must be developed like all of the fruit of the Spirit. We often want to talk about our born-again experience, repentance, baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we want to talk about the work of, of the operation of the Spirit within us. We love to talk about prophecy. We love to talk about a word of faith, a word of knowledge, miracles, signs, wonders. We love to talk about all of those things that follow, that follow those miracles that follow those that believe, signs that follow those that believe. We, we love to talk about these things, but maybe we need to slow down enough today to talk about the fruit of the Spirit that should be in the life of every person that's been filled with the Spirit. Love, joy. It's right at the top of the list. Whether that's intentional or not, I'm not here to debate this morning. But I do know this. Joy should be the part of every child of God's life. But it doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't even happen just because you have been filled with the Spirit. But if you are filled with the Spirit, you ought to seek after the things of God. And when you seek after the things of God... Those things such as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, righteousness, goodness, patience, all of those fruit that the Scripture talks about that we are to work at and develop. How many of you know patience doesn't just show up in your life one morning? I mean, it obviously follows being married. I was just checking the crowd this morning. Yeah, I bumped into one of those funnies this morning. It was just laid up there. It was like it was like T-ball. My brother sent me a sent me a video yesterday of his granddaughter, and she's in T-ball, and the coach was setting the, the ball up on the, the the tee, and man, she was doing a good job. She was doing just a real good job hitting it. That's where they start when they're like five. Then when they get better, you know, the ball's coming in curving and wobbling and doing all sorts of things, you have to be able to hit it. Well, you would think after 30 years of ministry, I'd be able to hit the curveball, but right now, I just have to take what's teed up for me. The joy of the Lord must be developed in our life. It is in some ways undescribable or, or indescribable, unexplainable. Maybe it is even unspeakable because all of these are different ways, inexpressible 
indefinable, unutterable. We could go on with all sorts of words trying to somehow declare that joy is something that we must intentionally seek after in our life, just like it is to love our neighbor as ourselves, to develop patience in our life. All of the fruit of the Spirit, when you are filled with the Spirit, you have the potential of developing the fruit of the Spirit. We were in Branson for like a whole 48 hours this week. It was a great time. Several stayed over and they backslid this Sunday morning to stay in Branson. I don't know, maybe they can be saved in the Lord. My wife and I buzzed down and with the sight and sound and saw Esther. I don't know, we ate at some pretty good restaurants while we were there. My wife bumped into a few people when we were there. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I think they're not live streaming this morning. Um, I'm not, I, I think we have so many people out, it was difficult for us to be able to man everything. We had, we had a youth pastor on the drums this morning, did a great job. So everybody's like in different positions this morning. And uh, so I, I think they're not live streaming this morning, so I'm going to be safe to say this because somebody's not going to text me or call me or send me hate mail afterwards because everything I'm saying is staying in here. And if you just grabbed your phone out, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> My wife got in the car. She wanted to go shopping. I love the idea after getting up at like 4.30 in the morning driving straight through to Branson and we arrived into Springfield and I'm, I'm ready to make the turn and get on to Branson. And my wife's like, hey, uh, there's a Dillard's here. Um, and, and I think the kids are needing us here. And so, of course, we, we had to stop. And so um, we made a, a quick stop. And um, she went to Dillard's, and I slept in the car. And um, we both had a good time. And she came back out and she's like, you know, I ran into some people in there I kind of recognized. And she said, I said, really? Where were they from? She said, I haven't a clue. They weren't very friendly. So she went on and we were at another place and she came out and she's like, my word, I'm not sure what happens when people come to Branson on vacation. But she said, I just ran into some more people I recognized. And I said, what do you mean what happens to them? She said, they wouldn't even smile. Well, they need to, you know, they need to put some joy into their salvation. You know, they may get a lot of other things right, but there's nothing wrong with having joy. And there's nothing wrong with controlling the expression on your face and putting a smile on your face once in a while. And being friendly to somebody once in a while. We met up with her uncle and those of you that know Brother Richard Price here, most of you know him as Brother Dick Price of Arkadelphia, Arkansas. He never meets a stranger. And matter of fact, my personality and his are so different that I almost get embarrassed when I go to a place of business with him because he walks in and when he walks in the door, he acts like the whole place knows who he is and that he has arrived. And he walks in and the first thing he does is looks for the first person he can strike up a conversation and he acts like that he has known them most of his life. He walks in and just starts talking to people. And I thought, God, I wish I was more like that. And then after I heard my wife described and some of the people she was running into, I had to ask myself, 
Is that how I am? Do I need to develop that in my life? Do I need to work on this in my life? Do I need to try to be more friendly? Do I try to do I need to try? Because joy, you see, joy is much like that. Because if you just allow yourself, you'll let the cares of this life rob you from joy, rob you from peace, rob you from contentment, and it'll start showing up on your face that you're living for God, but you're not having a good time doing it. You're serving God, but ain't nobody knows that you love serving Him because our attitude doesn't run in neutral. We have to be intentional about it. My Lord, i got to get back on my notes. I'm going to be all day. Well, we don't have service tonight, so we'll just get to one. Joy is hard to explain. Every Somebody said it like this every time. Then I try to explain it, it just sounds like praises. Because that's the only thing that I know. When I begin to try to describe the goodness of God in my life, it comes out as praises. Jeremiah declares in Jeremiah 20 and 9, here's how he puts it. He talks about, he talks about the Spirit of God working in his life, and all he can say is, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I'm not sure what that's like, but that was his terminology. The world can't understand the joy of a child of God as I'm trying to describe it to you this morning and bring it to you this morning and suggest that every one of us need to work at the joy of the Lord in our life just as much as we work at developing peace in our life and living among all men with peace. We need to also work on joy so that when we wake up in the morning and things are not going well and we don't feel well, that we're not getting up saying, well, things aren't good and I'm not happy and I'm going to let the rest of the world know. Instead, there is a joy that is deep within us when things are not going well. I trust the joy that I have established in my life. The world can understand it. How many know what I mean when I say the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away? This joy, we used to sing a song that went like, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Come on, anybody know that? This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And if the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. We, we used to sing that, and I'm not sure that we lived it. Because as soon as something happens in this world, all of a sudden, where did joy go? But the song is true because if you truly have the joy of the Lord, it's not based on what kind of day you're having. It's not based on what's going on in your life. Who mistreated you? Who talked about you? Who said something? Who made a social media post that was offensive? The Apostle Peter and 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6 declares that we live in joy although we have seasons of heaviness. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a minute. We live in joy. Everybody say, I live in joy. But I have seasons of heaviness. See, some people get this wrong. You live in heaviness and have seasons of joy. 
But that's not what a child of God should do. The child of God should live in joy. But you go through seasons of heaviness. During the time of heaviness doesn't mean that you lose the joy. It means that through a season of heaviness, you may not feel the joy. You may not sense the joy. It may not appear that there is joy. But when I'm going through some of the toughest days of my life, it has been the joy of the Lord that has been strength to me. I look around this room this morning, and I see many of you. I could come and greet you this morning because I know some of the things that you have been through, the loss, the pain, the hurt, all of the things that you have dealt with in your life that could have robbed you of the very joy of living, yet you somehow clung to joy through seasons of heaviness and said, I'm going through a season of heaviness, but I'm not losing my joy because when God filled me with His Spirit, there is a joy that that the world didn't give me, that happenings didn't give me, and what's happening will not take away my joy. So we live in joy. We go through seasons of heaviness. You want to know how it's so obvious that the world is seeking joy and unable to find it because they're looking for it in the wrong places? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Don't get frustrated with people that don't have the Spirit and think they should be living with joy. Because the only way that you can truly have joy is to be filled with the Spirit. If you have not been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you need to be filled with the Spirit so the joy of the Lord can be established in your life. This is more than just feeling good in the presence of God. This is more than just a chill bump because you feel His presence. This is more than just coming to an altar and weeping and it feeling wonderful in His presence. There are real benefits to serving God and having the joy of the Lord on the worst days of your life. Because you have what the world doesn't have. You you want to know why it's obvious? Late last night I did some research and my mind was blown because some of these numbers, I don't even understand this many zeros. But in the United States alone last year, actually it was 2001, so I guess it's been three years ago in Congress, but we were the fifth year. In the U.S. alone, $1.2 trillion was spent on I tried to put it together, but that's something like almost $4,000 per person per year that is spent on entertainment. That's 10 times what America spends on education. Think about this. All right, they're looking for joy, right? In the U.S. alone, last year, $247 billion was spent on alcohol. $247 billion. Cigarettes and tobacco alone, last year, $106 billion. 
That means that Americans spend more on alcohol and tobacco than they give to charities and improving social programs. It is estimated that more than 1.5 trillion, again, I don't even understand those numbers, $1.5 trillion each year are spent on illegal drugs in the USA. $1.5 trillion, they're estimating. All looking for greed. But what they're looking for, they're not going to find in the next hit, in the next bottle, in the next needle in the next high, because it doesn't exist there. The only place it exists, only Jesus can offer what the world is looking for, and it comes through the infilling of His Spirit. If you have been filled with His Spirit, you have what the world is looking for at your fingertips. Work on developing the joy of the Lord, and all of the cravings for everything else in the world will disappear appear because it's at your fingertips oh I feel the Holy Ghost this morning Jesus only Jesus can offer what the world is looking for joy is not laughter not happiness but it is an inner peace knowing God and the fact that you know God causes the soul to be thrilled in the midst of troubled times. Joy is an attitude of gratitude through hardships, even when things are not going your way. Here's what God does for us. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says it like this, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. You see the, see the painted picture there? To those that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may, may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Let me let me unravel this, this scripture for you just for a moment. Do you know that God is glorified through you living with joy? When the fruit of the Spirit is developed in your life, that God receives glory. Do you understand God receives glory from that? So he desires it for you, but he, he also gets glory from the fact that we live in this present world, but we're not of this world. Because we recognize this world is not our home. We have something that is greater than this world. And so what we have that is greater than this world are some things that the world cannot even taste of because it is the fruit of the Spirit that comes only through being filled with His Spirit. So when you are filled with His Spirit, joy is something that you have access to that nobody else has access to. Go to work and try to talk to someone that doesn't know Jesus. They're not going to get the joy that you have until they taste of him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good because they can't know of what they have not tasted. This is why trying to describe joy to somebody 
that doesn't has never been filled with the Spirit is so difficult. So I'm talking to you this morning, trying to some way to get to get everybody in this room. If you have never been filled with the Spirit, I'm going to tell you, you can be filled this morning, and joy can be developed in you and in your life, just like anybody else's, because we have access to Him by the Spirit. That access to joy comes only by the Spirit. Watch the replacements. Here's why it's important to be filled with the Spirit. Because He gives He gives to those that mourn Him. He gives beauty for ashes. There's nothing beautiful about ashes, but He gives beauty and replacement for them. He gives the oil of joy. The oil of joy. Joy works like an ointment. It is applied to areas that are sensitive and it works from the outside in. It is the oil of joy for mourning. You go through grief. See, to say that someone who deals with loss is deaf, for me to say, oh, I can quote scripture beautiful in the sight of the Lord is the death of a saint. But when my mother died, I mourned. It was real mourning. In the middle of that real mourning, it was as though I had ashes. It was as ashes. But what God gave me was he gave me beauty for those ashes. There was a trade-off of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And so while I am in mourning, there was a there was something that came along. It was the it was the uh, it was the the medic the medication. It was the uh, my, my brain's not firing like I want it to today. But it was the it was the, the the help in the middle of that sorrow and that grief. Here we are grieving, but I'm not sorrowful that I that I that wishing that I would have never known my mother because the pain of grief is so very deep. No. By joy, I know that I can meet her tomorrow. You see, there is there is the oil of joy. So I have a hope that is beyond here. That's the joy of the Lord. He gives us, He gives us the garment of praise for it's the replacement. It is the prescription. That was the word I was looking for. It is the prescription for heaviness. The garment of praise is the prescription for heaviness. Oil is the prescription for mourning. So watch. It doesn't mean you won't go through heaviness. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through it because for seasons, there will be seasons in your life. The Apostle Peter, I quoted a few moments ago, the Apostle Peter said, there's going to be seasons that you're going to go through heaviness, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's seasons you're going to go through it. And you know what? There's some things that you've got to do for yourself. So that's why your praise and your worship, why do they get up and sing? Why do they ask us? Why did Sister Ashley say, come on, everybody, clap your hands. Come on, everybody, lift your hands. You know why? Because some of us have been walking through some heaviness this week. 
And we need somebody to coach us to come out from where we are. Come on, everybody. God's good. Come on. She's reminding us. You know why? Because we come in. And this is what we've been carrying all week. We've just been carrying the load. But what the scripture said, if you would take the garment of praise, I don't have time to unfold what the priest put on before they entered into the, the realm of the spirit. But your praise is a garment. My garment of praise is when I begin to clap my hands, when I begin to sing, when I begin to lift my hands, when I begin to celebrate. You know what that is doing? It is replacing the heaviness in your life. It is the recipe. Your praise and your worship is a recipe. It is a prescription that will deliver you from the heaviness of life. Come on in the house of the Lord, everybody, and rejoice in the Lord. Lift your voice. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Why are we doing this? Because the world's heavy, and I need the garment of praise. Because it's the prescription that lifts me out. an attitude toward God and it's only found when I serve God because I want to. You ever, you ever ran into somebody that complains about serving God? One of the most difficult things when people miss the joy of serving God. Well, I'm just doing this because I feel like I have to. Listen, avoiding hell is a great great reason to serve God, but there is so much more to serving God than just avoiding hell. <laughs> Listen to me. He came not to take your life away from you and you say, well, at least I'm not going to, you know, all these things that I'm not doing and all these things I'm giving up. Everything I give up, I get back so many more things. My life serving God is wonderful. I wouldn't trade it for the world. There is nothing the world has that can replace when you walk through the darkest hour of having the joy of the Lord. You see, they... They sorrow as those having no hope. But when we face the most difficult days of life, we don't sorrow as those having no hope. That's joy. So I serve God because I want to. Joy is also an attitude toward yourself. Boy, you know it about. It's the fruit of the Spirit, and it affects you. And it also affects everybody around you. But the first thing I want to talk about is affecting you. Because God formed some things in me. If I didn't have God in my life, there's no telling where I would have been. There's no telling where life would have taken me. But God rescued me and saved me and prevented me from myself. Because in me, there's no good thing. 
Some of you come up and compliment and make nice statements, and I thank you for that. That's very kind. But without the Spirit of the Lord working in my life, I would be just like any wretched sinner because that's who I am without the Spirit of the Lord. The difference between somebody, the, the difference between you and somebody in the depth of sin is the Spirit of God. It's not your own goodness. It's what God is doing in your life. So joy is an attitude toward God. It's an attitude toward yourself. And it's an attitude toward others. It causes me to care about others in ways that I could never care and that I could I could never care for others without the help of the Lord. But I refuse to allow others to hinder my joy. Because if you'll allow others to hinder you, they will. What people think, what people say. But I'm going to tell you what your joy does. Your joy is a magnet that draws people to you. And that that joy is there so that you can lead other people to him. How do you know you have this joy? First, I have this joy because... Because I know that I know him. I I may not have it made yet, but at least I can say I know who he is. Struggles still come, yes. Seasons of heaviness come, yes. Pain is inevitable, yes. Sickness, yes. All of these things come, but I get through them because there is an inner joy that is deeper than the things that are happening because God has developed something deep within me. If the Lord doesn't come first, death will come to every one of us, but I still can rejoice because my hope is in him. See, that joy is beyond this life. If we have hope in this world only, we would be of all men most miserable, the writer said, but our hope is not just in this world. It is in that world which is to come, our heavenly home. And so my joy is not found in fame and wealth and popularity. All of those are good, wonderful. There's nothing wrong with those things. But my rejoicing or my joy is the fact that my name has been written down. And on the other side, it's not going to matter what I had here or what I gave up here or what I walked away from here. What matters is when I get on the other side and I can hear him say, well, in doing so, our late bishop, Brother Paul Price, would often say, and it changed my mind. Those of you who knew him, remember, he would always take his hand and he would say, and he saved my mind. I don't find anywhere in scripture where the scripture says that he saved our mind and he saves our soul, but but I get what he was saying. I get the point that he was making, and it rings clear to me this morning because 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 7 for, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind because when he fills you with his spirit he comes to take that, that unstable double minded man brain of yours and he takes and he begins to adjust it and fix it there is a renewal of the mind that begins to happen and I can rejoice now because when he saved me he came to give me a sound mind and there is a 
joy in knowing I now no longer have to listen to what the, the world or listen to what this flesh dictates to me. The Apostle Paul deals with it. My Lord, I have so much more preaching to do and so little time to do it. The Apostle Paul talked about, he talked about we now, now no longer are, are indebted to this flesh. But when we are born again, the, the indebtedness is no longer to the flesh, but the indebtedness is to the Spirit. Watch this now. Because we are born and shapen in sin. Here we are, creatures of sin and habit, and so therefore we are indebted to sin. And so therefore what I would do, I end up not doing, and all those things that end up leading me down the wrong path. But when we are born again, I now no longer have to listen to what this flesh says. I am no longer indebted to this flesh, but now those that are in the Spirit will walk after the Spirit. And so therefore, now as I walk in the Spirit, I no longer am bound to the flesh to do the things that the flesh says I ought to do. So now I have within me the Spirit of God that now I am a debtor to the Spirit. So now I walk above the flesh and walk according to the Spirit. So when the flesh wants me to walk in hatred and anger and wrath and malice, the Spirit of the Lord gives me the ability to walk in love and peace and righteousness and long-suffering and joy. When someone does me wrong, I don't have to react. I'm not a slave to that anymore. I'm not a slave to my temper tantrums anymore. I don't have to get mad or go mad because things don't go my way. God gave me a sound mind. Pastor, I'm really going through it. I'm in a dark place. Just imagine if that was one of you. I think it's along about verse number 30. Why do I need to work on establishing joy in my life? Because you're going to walk through some seasons of heaviness. But when you're walking through the seasons of heaviness, just hang on and wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength, and that strength is the joy. That joy is going to rise again in you. You may go through weariness. You may go through sadness, but joy will come in the morning. Psalm 16 says, in thy presence is fullness 
and joy. I hope you're getting an image of this joy that I'm preaching or teaching about this morning. In thy presence is fullness of joy. How many of you know there's nothing like just getting in the presence of God? You ever get in the presence of God? We, we, we had a few of those here the last month or so where we just wanted to stay. We dismissed service and people were just hanging out, just staying in the altar and they were just worship. One night we dismissed service and we were here just worshiping God. It was over. 20 minutes later, somebody got baptized. Another 10 minutes, somebody else got baptized. Then somebody received the Holy Ghost and it went on. That night we baptized four or five people and several received the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we were in His presence and there is fullness. Nobody wanted to go home. Nobody was rushing to the restaurant because we found that fullness of joy. Here's what Luke says about a sinner that recants. He said, there will be joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. The joy begins there at the point of repentance. The joy becomes evident in the person's life when they are filled with his spirit. Repentance brings joy in heaven because of the potential of what's going to happen in the individual's life. Here's what I believe. Heaven rejoices at the moment that they repent. The church ought to rejoice at the moment that they are baptized. Somebody ought to shout amen to that. Heaven rejoices at repentance. The church rejoices when they are baptized. They rejoice when they are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's when rejoicing comes because now I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. All things have become new. I now have been forgiven. Do you know that this joy is a decision? I choose joy because God is working in my life. He's at work in every aspect of my life. You may not think it, but God is working through joy in your life. He's at work on your job. He's at work in your family. He's at work in your future. He's at work in your finances. God is at work in every aspect of your life. And I close with this. I I sense joy when I began to remember how good God has been. Is there anybody, can I get a witness in this house this morning? When you start looking back over your Apostle said, I stir up my pure mind by way of remembrance. When I think about how good that he is to me. The scripture said, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. That's that's because we are thinking about how good God is. Does anybody in this room have a testimony? A testimony of where God brought you from, of what God kept you from, of where your deliverance came, of how he has helped you, how he has walked with you. I, they've written songs through the years. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. One writer said, when I look back and see where he brought me from, it's a long way from where I used to be. When Moses led the children of Israel through after God parted the waters and they walked through on dry ground and then the very path that the Lord made 
the salvation of Egypt was the very path that became the destruction to the Egyptians when they were destroyed by the same water that was a wall to the children of God. When they got out the other side, Miriam took a timbrel in her hand and she led the people rejoicing and celebrating because they recognized how good God is and what God had just done in their lives. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning as I close this message. If you're living a life today without the fullness of joy, if you go through struggle and hardship and it's not the fruit of the Spirit that becomes manifest in you, but it's anger and wrath and hatred and bitterness and strife, you need the help of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't make you a horrible person. It makes you a person that is in need of the Spirit of God. Because this joy that I talked to you about this morning is only can only be established in your life by the help of God through His Spirit. I invite you. I implore you. I open these altars today to one that may be in this room that says, I need that joy in my life. I'm tired of walking through hardship and struggle and feeling alone. Let me tell you, that joy will walk with you through the fire and through the flood. He'll be peace that passes all understanding. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed in the room. I open these altars to one or many that would like to join us in the front of this room. Some are already moving today. Don't delay, don't tarry, step forward. If you need that joy, maybe you're a child of God and been serving Him for many years, but you need to become reacquainted with that joy I preached about this morning. I invite you. It's available to you today. It comes through a refreshing of His Spirit. Why don't you come today and ask Him for refreshing? The Bible says times of refreshing shall come in the presence of the Lord. It's available to you today. These altars are open. There's room. There's space for more. Come be refreshed. Let the joy of the Lord be refreshed in you today. Come on, we need to receive from heaven today. We need to receive from heaven today. Why don't we just turn this house into a prayer room for a few moments? There's still room for more. Join us here in the front. Make a public statement today. I'm going to walk in joy. I choose to walk away from complaint. I'm walking away from bitterness and strife. I choose to walk in joy. I'm not turning back now. 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 I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm not turning back now. 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 I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.
listen, listen. David walked through a season of his life where he walked away from God. He failed God. Following that failure, he found a space for repentance and he went to God and he repented. And after his repentance, there was a word that he said. He says, Lord, don't don't withhold your Holy Spirit from me. There's several phrases that he said regarding wanting to be back in God's presence. But then he said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Restore the joy. Oh, this morning, I think everybody in this room, whether you've walked to the front or you're still standing in your pew this morning, I think everybody in this room this morning ought to just lift a hand toward heaven and you ought to pray that kind of prayer this morning and say, God, let joy be restored in my life. Come on right now. Everybody in this room needs to pray that prayer. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore joy. 